Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to worship Jesus with you on a sunny Texas day. Always helps me worship a little more. I shouldn't be that uh, fickle, but uh, there I am. Um, uh, I'm excited to, to be wrapping up our uh, gifted series today. Um, and we're going to be looking at uh, treasure. We, Josh kicked it off a few weeks ago with time. Um, and then we had talents. And then we, uh, we paused uh, to do the Unstoppable Missions Conference, which we're gifted with uh, both being a part of missionaries' lives and being able to, uh, to go around the world uh, in so many uh, unique and amazing ways. And, and today we're going to end with, with treasure, all these gifts that, that God gives us and, and, and then calls us to uh, submit to him uh, and utilize as the Holy Spirit leads us. Um, so the big idea today as we, as we talk about treasure, um, and then we'll, we'll end today uh, looking at the, the biggest gift ever, the, the Jesus gift on the cross. We're going to take communion to wrap up the series uh, and then worship uh, after that, uh, if the guy can get the message done quick enough uh, for us to have. Uh, we wanted to end with three songs of worship today. We just felt it was uh, what Jesus wanted. So after communion, we're going to do that. But the big idea today is to ask ourselves a question. And it's a, it's a bold question. It may poke and prod some people. Uh, does Jesus hold my heart stronger than my money does? It's good. Uh, and, you know, I grew up in the church my whole life. Uh, and I've been a pastor for a while now in life, and uh, this is probably one of those things that some people are like, yeah, I'm good, and then some people are like, oh, how dare they ask that in church? And, uh, and so one of the things we wanted to do today is we talk about treasure and what that means. Uh, we want to kind of just, and not in a negative way, get through this to focus on communion, because that's the biggest gift, and we also are not going to be taking an offering. Uh, it's not about a, an offering or a moment to give or to get convicted. Um, if you're convicted, that's, that's you and Jesus moving forward as a lifestyle. Uh, a lot of times, and it's not a knock or a negative thing, but a, a church will do a, a message on giving, and then they'll pass the offering plates, which that's not bad. Uh, if that's how Jesus leads it, that's how Jesus leads it. Uh, we wanted this to be more about a lifestyle yep. and not about a response right then. So... Um, our offering is going to be our worship to Jesus. Our giving is going to be giving him the praise and honor he deserves. Uh, our, um, our response is going to be responding to the biggest moment in history when we take communion and we remember all that Jesus did. Um, so we're kicking off, uh, we're going to be in Malachi and Matthew and Proverbs today. Um, so we're starting off in, in Malachi and it's this... It's this big chapter, chapter 3. God has um, called them to faithfulness. He's told them, hey, judgment's coming if you're not. And then because God is always God, he says, yeah, judgment's coming, but hey, you can repent first. And then the judgment, y'all don't know it here, Malachi people, the judgment's going to be placed on my son later on anyway. Um, And so in verses 6 and 7, as he calls them to this changed life, we see that, that God is simply faithful to who God always is and, and, and this covenant promise he has to, to never leave us and never walk away, to always come for us. And then in verse 10, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 8, starting uh, there in chapter 3, he says, Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. 
But you ask, what do you mean? When did we cheat you? You've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I love this aspect of who God is. All throughout scripture, he says, pray and ask, and I'll give you more. Uh, you, you do this and expect, and I'll, 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 I'll top that. I'm an abundant God. I give abundantly, and I love abundantly. Uh, you want salvation, I'll save the whole world by the death of my son. So that's, that's who God is. And then in verse 11, he says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and diseases. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. So I'll take care of everything that's coming that should grow and be there for you. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You see, the principle of tithing actually precedes the Old Testament law. The, the law said you tithe 10%, and then it added, and this, and this, and it actually, uh, by Malachi's time, it was about 27% of, of the different stuff that came into their life. Uh, but the, the principle of tithing goes back to Abraham's day. Before it was established in the law, it was established in the heart of the man that God called out of a nation to bless all nations. And so Abraham really established this tithe, which means, if you've never heard this, tithe means 10%. That's where we get 10%. We didn't just make it up. Somebody smart didn't just make it up. It actually means 10% of what comes to you goes back to the Lord as, a, as an act of obedient faithfulness from those who've been saved and redeemed by Jesus. So... When I look at that and I live my life and I live my life stingy before and all those things, for me personally, my generosity is an exact expression of my faith in a perfectly generous God. Now, if you ask me, does that, is that the same for, for me, Scott? Are you saying it's the same for me? I'm not going to find a scripture for you, but I'd tell you that. Your generosity is an exact expression of your faith and a perfectly generous God. And that's not meant to condemn anyone because Jesus is never about condemnation. It may be meant to convict someone because Jesus is all about conviction. That changes us from doing wrong things to, to repenting and then, and then choosing right. But how we give and what we give and the heart we give with, because that's important in Scripture. It says, have a cheerful heart. God doesn't want your, your, your attitude money, right? <laughs> he doesn't need it. He wants your happy heart. Um, so we give and we give and we give and God responds with this sweet provision to take care of us, to blow our minds and, and give us abundance, to, to bring stuff in the future that we're not even understanding is coming with this, this newly formed relationship because of the, the work of Jesus and his finished work on the cross. We have this covenant relationship with God now. So honor God, according to Malachi. Honor God in how you give or dishonor him in what you keep, what you withhold. And I, I don't know who gives what here, just so you're aware as a lead pastor. I've never seen anyone's giving ever, and I never will. That's just what I do. It's what Rod did before me, uh, and I just kind of kept it. Uh, it. 
I care for you being a generous person. I don't care to know anything that anyone gives. Every once in a while, somebody will be like, hey, put this in for me, brother, or can you use this for this? And I'll see that. Uh, my mom, for some reason, always sends her checks to me. I don't know why. I'm like, mom, you can send them to the church because uh, <clears throat> there's a chance I lose them on the way. Um, but I, it's not about me knowing what you give or what percentage or what you make. It's not about that at all. It's about you and Jesus yes. and your heart attached to him, you being saved by him, and then just responding with joy and generosity. Honor Jesus with, with your tithe and with your cheerful giving, and then and then just see him come through for you like he always does, blessing you and providing for you and covering you. Maybe, maybe stuff that, that some people have happened in their life doesn't happen to you that cost you, that, that won't cost you, but maybe cost them because it's a, it's a coverage blessing of the Lord. I don't know how he does it, and, and he does it specifically for everyone, but he says, I will make your crops grow, and I'll make you more fruitful. That's just what I do. You just honor me. In, in your faithfulness with the treasure that I've given you, give back what I ask for. Whenever there's a scarcity mentality about the character of God, and we live with this, I got to cover myself mindset, we miss out on the blessings that God has for us, that he, that he plans for us. Does he stop loving us? Never. He never stops loving anyone. Jesus went to the cross so that all would be saved. But, but when we live with this, scarcity mindset of his heart for me, whatever that looks like, whether it's health or, or peace or provision or you name it, we live fear-based and fear drives us and owns us. And when fear drives us and owns us, we hunker down somehow yeah. and we protect or we hide. Uh, we cover ourselves with the, with the blanket of life or, or we come out swinging or we get in a foxhole of life and and nobody's coming in. I'm filling all the bullets in, in my gun, and I'm taking them all out. We have that mindset because fear drives us. The generous giver, that person knows that God is faithful and lives in a way and responds in, in, in such a way uh, that, that generosity just flows from us. What's in us flows from us in every way. My time, my talents, and my treasure those gifts that God gives us, if, I, if I'm living in a scarcity, fear-based mindset, I'm not giving my time to no one. Right. I'm not serving because I got things to do in my own life with my talents. I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to bury them in the ground because uh, I have a fear-based mindset, and that guy's always looking to, to point his finger at me. Remember the, the parable of the talents? Same thing with my treasure. Well, man, Costco's more expensive now. Exxon's more expensive now. Uh, my, my, my bills are more expensive now. Uh, I can't even find half and half anywhere. <laughs> Literally. H-E-B does not have half and half anymore. That's why you drink black coffee. Amen? Hey. What, what? Uh, we, but we, we hunker down. Yeah, it's going to get hard, so I can't. God never says live according to the, the world around you. He says, live according to the life I laid down for yes, you. Man. And I understand. I get there too. Five kids. And it's not like they're five on their way out the house. They're five that are eating more every day <laughs> of their lives. But the more you give away, the more you enjoy what you do have. It changes your brain. Amen. It changes your thinking. 
the heart and the mind are so just excited to give and give and give. It just changes everything. I've never met anyone who wasn't a natural giver that wasn't just so excited to give more or find something else to give. Amen. And as for a long time in my life, I was always like, how? Like, are they mental? Is it just because they have a lot? But then I'd see people that don't have a lot. I'm like, well, how? How? And the Lord's like, they're their mind has changed, Scott. They see things the way I see them. I'm like, well, I agree with who you are too. And he's like, yeah, but you're stingy. I'm like, well, I'm just saving for a rainy day. And he's like, I can't cover you on a rainy day? That's good. And I'm like, well, I have a scarcity mindset about who you are. <gasps> I said that, you know? That's the truth. So when I began to give, it changed everything. So, so we have to ask ourselves as we steward our treasures and become cheerful givers, does Jesus hold my heart more than my money does? True joy is always found on the giving side of life. And one of the sad realities of, of those who, you know, fail to tithe is, is not only are we, are we being faithless in our following, but we remove ourselves from the blessings that he wants to give. We, we, we actually put kind of our own umbrella over the showers of blessings that God wants to give us, and, and we rob ourselves of his gift to us. I mean, practically speaking, Jesus teaches, the Bible tells us, it's, it's required of us as followers, the tithe is 10%. And, and if he asks you to give more, your tithe is that much more. If, he, if you just decide to give more, that is your, your you know, life with God. But the tithe is 10%. And the offering is above and beyond that. And the tithe goes to your house of worship because we're called to, a, to be a part of a house of worship. And, and again, I'm not trying to get more money out of you. I'm just, there's a teaching moment and an opportunity with Jesus moment. The tithe is my 10% that goes back to my church the offering is something I give above and beyond that. Yeah. For Sarah and I, you know, we, this, last week, we, you know, the citywide's coming up. And as I was signing up some of my kids, I noticed oh, I could give more. So for each kid we signed up, we gave so that two kids don't have to pay. That's an offering, yeah. right? Uh, when I gave to the missionaries this week, my regular tithe goes in monthly. It's just set up. It's easier for me just to have it set up and taken out of my account. And then I look at it, I'm like, praise God, I gave. Uh, that was, I don't have to find the checkbook. Um, however you do it, that's fine. But when I gave this weekend to those missionaries uh, through my church, that was my offering. Yep. When we support missions or do whatever, or we, you know, you give, maybe you give away uh, a refrigerator, you, you give away, I don't know, maybe you have a rental place and you're like, I'm knocking it down half price for that you know, newly married couple or that, that single mom and her kid, that's an offering that you're giving yep. above and beyond the tithe. And that's the simple reality of what a generous life with our treasure that God's given us is lived out. In his uh, amazing Sermon on the Mount, we see in Matthew 5 through 7-ish uh, there, Jesus is just, man, he's just... He's calling us to all sorts of faithful ways to live. And there's just a lot in there. If you read Matthew 5 through 7, you're like, whoa, that's a lot. And it's totally counterculture to this world around us. And so he's teaching us how to live different, how we live as new creations uh, in him, completely selfless and humble and compassionate. 
In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, we read about how we care for those in need, how we live with humble prayer, and, and, and we fast, and, and we sacrifice ourselves to, to, to really lean into the, the voice of God. And then he says, generosity will flow into your life from there, and, and as you're generous, it changes everything in your life and in other people's lives, and it invites God's blessings. And then in verses 19 through 21, Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. He's saying be a generous person. Goes on to say uh, in the rest of six and into seven that that no, there's no worries. If you live to give away and care for others, whatever that looks like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to open heaven. I, in my generosity, will care for you. You live generous, and I've got you. That's what Jesus says there. So, again, today's not about an offering opportunity or, or, or the basket being passed by. It's about Jesus. And I don't even... I, I mean, you, you do whatever Jesus says. I'm not even asking you on your way out to go, oh, we're going to give an extra 100 or 1,000 or whatever. I, I would ask that you not do that today unless Jesus really puts it on your heart, but you just go, hey, Jesus, I want to talk to you today and, and through this week how to live my life out. Is, is there something new you want from me? Is there something you want me to start? Is there something you want me to lay aside and then, and then and start doing this with it? Is I, I remember... A couple of years ago, Ed McCarthy, who's no longer at our church, he moved to uh, Ohio because uh, they need Jesus too. Uh, and uh, he couldn't go to Ecuador anymore. His health didn't make, it was hard for him to get up in the mountains and do the flights and all the stuff. Uh, and so God put it on his heart. Once a month, I'm throwing pizza parties for single moms. Give me as many names as you can. I think he was up to five. And so once a month, that was, he said, okay, God, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to do this anymore, so I'm, I'm going to give my finances here and here, but my time and my ability just to go pick up pizza and sodas and a movie and get it to this family, I, I can do that. And so he just, he just asked God, what, what new thing do you want me to do? And that's what God laid on his heart. And then he actually passed it along to somebody in our church right now and said, hey, can you take on the, the pizza ministry? And a faithful man and his wife said, we, we can do that. Um, so it's, it's not about giving today. It's about a conversation with Jesus because he's Jesus and he loves you. And he wants amazing things from your life. And he wants you to present your life to him and say, hey, is this, is this what you're asking of me? Or, or Lord, am I, am I doing right? Am I on the right, right path? And just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Find his heart for you, and then just respond to him. In Proverbs chapter 3, we, we read about what it means to live generous with our resources. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing chapter uh, to look at in verses 1 through 12, especially, uh, because we see the, the rewards of, of living out what God asks us to all throughout verses 1 through 12, especially. The, the, his wisdom and entrusting our lives to him and, and, and doing what he asks us to do and then his blessings that come. If you read it, verses 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9, and 11, those odd ones are what we do. 
And then the even-numbered ones, God says, I'll do this. So in verse 1, you do this, and in verse 2, I'll do this. And in verse 3, you do this, and then in verse 4, I'll do this. And it's interesting, and just to sum it up, we're going to look at verses 9 and 10 in a minute. But to sum it up, verses 1 and 2, he says, hey, obey and follow, and I'll give you a happy, satisfying life. How many of you would love a happy, satisfying life, especially in these days that are trying to choke it out, right? The world and stupidity are trying to choke it out. And he says, just follow and obey, and I'll give you a happy, satisfying life. Verses 3 and 4, be merciful and kind, and I'll give you a good reputation and favor with God and man. Verses 5 and 6, trust him alone, and he'll give you perfect guidance. Anybody ever walk the wrong path? Make the wrong decision, bonehead led the way kind of thing. Anybody? He says, trust me alone and I'll give you perfect guidance. Verses 7 and 8, show humility, revere God, respect God for who he is, and you'll have health and strength. You don't think of it as much when you're 28. When you're 53, about to turn 54, you think of health and strength. It's like, I'm not as, I can't lift that anymore, and why can't I get over this cough or whatever it might be? And he says, hey, you live humble and revere me, and I'll take care of the rest. And then in verses 9 and 10, as he's talking about finances and treasure, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first and best part of all your income. Then your barns will be full and your vats will overflow with fresh wine. Again, honor him with what he asks. And he'll make it abundant. Maybe it makes it hard because you run out of room. That's just the kind of God that we have. He's more than we could ever imagine. He's saying, be a faithless, a faithful, sorry, a faithful and generous giver, and you'll have an abundant life from God given to you. And then he ends in verses 11 and 12. Listen, submit, and follow, and you'll have a father who delights in you. That's a lot right? All those things. So we ask ourselves, whoever did that? Like, who can do that? One, his name is Jesus. He did it. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he makes intercession for us, and he stands in our, on our behalf in front of him. And he says, "God, Father God, I, I died for them. You gave me the right to stand in, in, in the gap for them. So it, it can be be hard to take a little bit when we read that and it seems so big but by the guidance of the holy spirit in the life of a believer we we have the ability to be like jesus and live like jesus and then get the blessings that come that that jesus himself says he'll give us because of his humanity and his sacrifice we can have all these blessings now he won our freedom when he laid down his life at the cross. He took the curses of our sin and, 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 and the, the stain of our rebellion on himself. He experienced sickness and sorrow and betrayal, enemies, death. He took all that and then he gave himself fully. Jesus gave himself fully the ultimate generosity with his sacrifice on the cross. Our ushers are going to begin to hand out communion here in a moment. So when you get it, just uh, hold on to it. Uh, And then we're going to take it together uh, in just a moment.
And so as we turn our attention to, to communion, we're going to remember that full pardon that, that Jesus gave us, that, uh, that everyone who believes in him is forgiven of their sins, is given a new life with Jesus, is given an eternity, not bound by your past or your mistakes or your failures. You're not on the hook for anything you've done ever when you follow Jesus. He took it all and he said, my body, my blood covers all of that should you accept me. Uh, and so in a moment here, we're going to take it. And, and a lot of you are members of this church or you're, um, uh, you're ones who um, attend here routinely. And so uh, if you're a believer in Jesus, we welcome you to take it. If you're a guest today and you follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we'd love for you to take communion with us. But if you're here today or you're watching online or listening on K-Bay and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, we always want to offer that first. You have to make that decision. You have to decide whether or not you're going to lay down your life, lay aside your life and, and follow Jesus or continue to follow yourself or whoever you're following. He says, come and follow me. And I'll give you life, and I'll give it in abundance. He says, he says, uh, place your life in my hands, and I'll give you everything. He says, accept my forgiveness, and you're forgiven. He says, if you want to live eternally, call me Lord, call me Savior, and follow me, and, and you'll, you'll have life eternal. It does change us. We do belong to a different kingdom now. We, we do have our citizenship in heaven we do have a, a Lord that we follow, a king that we, that we follow and listen to. We, we have his word that tells us how to live. But we get everything in, it, it, as a result of it all. And it doesn't mean life is going to be hunky-dory easy for you all the time. The world hates you. He says, the world hated me, it'll hate you. But in the end, his heart was save the whole world. Jesus came to save the planet when he died on the cross. His desire was that all would be saved because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth created for us. This will all pass away. And there'll be a new earth and then heaven will come down to earth and we'll all live with God forever. In a moment, we'll talk about the, the, the bread and the, and the wine as, as he took the last supper. But that death on the cross, that beating Jesus took, that burial, him covering our debt and paying our bill, that's what we should remember every time we take communion, that he did all that for us. We, you might cry. You might be broken. broken you might be just kind of unable to kind of think. That's okay to be in all that way. At the same time, we got to celebrate that because he did that for you and for me. And he says, remember this moment. Remember what I did for you on the cross. But it's not just remembering his death and his beating. We remember and celebrate that he came to life again. We remember and celebrate his offer to us for new life. For those who don't know him and have never made a decision to follow him, he says, believe in me, in your heart. Speak it out with your mouth. Call upon me and I'll save you. It's as simple of a start as that. He doesn't make it hard like so many things in life. He says, believe in me, follow me, you are mine forever. You're saved, 
No one's going to snatch you out of the Father's hand. Eternity is set in your hearts and your mind. And so if you want to follow Jesus, you just right now where you are, just say, Jesus, I've never made this decision. I want to believe. I want to follow. And then I'm going to take communion for the first time ever as a follower of yours. I remember when Jesus saved me, and he gave me that new life, and and I was just blown away. He gave me hope when I felt hopeless. He gave me peace. I was in turmoil. It was like a whirlwind, storms, raging. And I was like, there is no way you can bring peace to this insanity that I've created. And he said, shh. And I was like, whoa, what? You bring peace like that? When he said, Scott, you're forgiven, I'm like, oh, I've done so much. It's all covered. Oh, but I've done so many things, and I, I'll just keep screwing up. I know me. And he's like, my blood covers it all, Amen. and it will always cover it all, Scott. Amen. You cannot out my great love. Amen. And I was like, what? Who does that? He showed mercy when I deserved judgment. He gave me love when I felt so unlovable. He showed compassion when I was just a bitter, harsh person who deserved no compassion on the human scale. And he said, that's why it has to come from me, because I'm God. And then he said, eternity is yours. You're with me forever. God gave the ultimate treasure in Jesus. Jesus gave the treasure of his own life on a cross for you and I. The Holy Spirit gives the treasure of himself to every believer. He says, I'll move in. Heaven then moves in because I'm from heaven and that's my home and I'm part of the, the Trinity Godhead and so I will move in and show you how to live. That's the treasure we get. A God who would give his son for godless people and kill his son so he could have those godless people back. A God who did nothing wrong that would go to the cross for the sin of humanity, and then a God, the Holy Spirit, who'd move in our lives and save us. And so you've got your bread there. You've got a a wafer on that night that he was betrayed. says that Jesus tore it apart, and he, he was sitting around with his best friends who would all abandon him. Later on, and Judas, who would sell him out for money, and he said, guys, this represents my body given for you. He broke it up to give it to them individually, but we know through prophecy, his body was never broken. It was prophesied, no bones would be broken, and so no bones were broken. Everybody got crucified by Romans, had their bones broken because they wanted to kill him quicker. Jesus didn't have any broken bones, but he did give his body. And so he he broke apart the bread to let us see that to each person individually across the planet, 90 billion plus and counting to this day, I died on the cross to save you. I didn't die to pick and choose who I I would pick and choose. I died so that all could know me. And the reason he's being patient and coming back, Peter says, is because he wants more people to get saved. He's just that kind of God. So would you take your, your bread, just hold it in your hands and just go, and, and whatever you need to say, 
just say it to Jesus right now in a, in a heart of thanks. Remembering with thanksgiving and gratitude that he gave his body so that you could be saved for all time. And so Jesus, we thank you for your body given for us. Then he took that cup. It was filled with wine. We have grape juice. And he said, this red wine represents royal blood that will be spilled because to be forgiven required a sacrifice of an unblemished, spotless lamb. They did it once a year, had to keep coming back, and then he said, once for all time, I'll hang on the cross, they'll nail nails in my hands and in my feet, and they'll shove a crown of thorns in my head, and I will bleed and bleed and bleed. And with every drop, it will say, you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven. There's a new covenant formed in the blood of Christ that says we are forgiven if we just walk in the lordship of Jesus. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. You took the punishment. You paid the price that we never have to pay. When we die, we actually appear, appear before a judgment seat called the Bema Seat, and we get doled out rewards. Our judgment is to receive rewards because of the blood poured out for us that we follow now, the forgiveness of sins. So would you just hold that cup and look at it? And maybe you're going to think of the biggest sin you ever committed or the biggest era of your mistaken past, whatever it is. And would you just remember it's forgiven? It's forgiven. Whatever you've done or do, it's forgiven. And then just tell them thank you and drink that knowing you're forgiven for all time. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. We're going to worship him with three amazing songs honoring him for who he is and remembering all that he's done and uh, the altars are open if you want to come up here and worship up here you can if you want to kneel if you want to jump and shout you just do it Jesus we give you our worship right now you're worthy and we love you and we thank you for loving us in your name we pray amen Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.